This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Michelle, who is a surrogate in New South Wales, who delivered a baby girl for two dads in 2019 and is now preparing to carry a second child for them as a sibling. I'm going to hand over to Michelle, but in this episode, we talk about surrogacy, sibling journeys and egg donation. Here's Michelle. Well, my name is Michelle. I am living in Wollongong, or suburb of Wollongong. Um, married to Glenn, and I've got two kids who are teenagers. And I recently gave birth to a little girl for her two dads. That's lovely. So, Michelle, how did you find yourself becoming a surrogate? What brought you to surrogacy? I guess my interest in surrogacy grew through being an egg donor initially. Um, from about 2012, I donated eggs for a number of couples and um, two of those couples needed a surrogate themselves. So that kind of you know, sparked that little part of my brain. And um, in my workplace, I had a colleague who I knew was um, had a male partner and they were looking for um, starting a family and I knew that they would need a surrogate being two guys. So that was probably my um, first thought about who I might actually offer to if it were to come about. And, and was it eventually who you offered to? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So tell, I don't think I've interviewed many people that have been a surrogate for colleagues how did that change the dynamic between you where you're carrying a baby for somebody that you work with? It, we didn't really give it the opportunity to change the dynamic because once I had offered to be their surrogate, um, we made arrangements to not actually be working in the same clinic, in the same workplace. Um, because we thought that even though there wasn't any conflict of interest um my intended dad is on a different um it it could be perceived that he has a a position of power over me in our workplace and even though there's not we figured it was probably just easier for us but also took away the the guessing game and you know the innuendo around the workplace if we just worked in separate so um, I know that you're actually a nurse. Um, tell me what it's like going through that process um, as an egg donor and also as a surrogate going through IVF when you're on the other side of the desk, not the patient, and, and not the nurse, but as the patient. Is that different for you? Um, I, yeah, I guess it is in some ways, but I've always been one of those sort of people that try and educate myself as much as I can about the processes that I, I might be going through um, and learn and always ask questions if I'm not sure about something. Um, so while it's a little bit uncertain about how those things might go, it's not, I wouldn't say it's daunting. The process for you to become a surrogate, did you have to do a lot of convincing with your partner, Glenn, for, to get him on board or was he happy to go ahead right from the start? Initially, before, obviously before I'd offered, um, he wasn't 
super keen and egg donation was something that when I raised that with him, he was like, yeah, that's no problem. I'll support you 100%, no problem at all. Um, but in raising the issue of surrogacy, I think he was a bit concerned about the different dynamic, the different level of attachment um, and how that would impact on our family as well. So when in talking with him about that, I think I learned that he was more on, um, he could only think about traditional surrogacy <laughs> as being, that's how things are done. And when I explained to him that it's actually can be a very different process in gestational surrogacy and that there is no biological link to that child, he was like, oh, oh, okay, no worries. Well, all right, but I still didn't get a yes straight away. <laughs> So I just let him, I, I kept feeding him information just for the sake of it and not stuffing it down his throat, but just, you know, little tidbits of information. And I think it wasn't until after he had met the intended dads that it actually became more of a reality for him that actually we could help these guys start a family. And... He said, yeah, go for it. I know that your two kids are a bit more grown up than mine. How old are your kids? 15 and 12. What, were, what was their experience of the surrogacy? Did they have any concerns or questions about it when you said, I'm going to carry a baby and give it to somebody else? No, I don't think they had any issues with it at all, to be honest. Um, they, having been exposed to surrogacy in my egg donation journeys, because two of the couples needed targets. It wasn't a foreign concept. It's not something that's so far out of this world for them to kind of get their head around. Um, they just thought it was a really nice thing to do and really wanted to be able to see these guys have their babies. Yeah. Do they have a relationship with the intended parents and the baby that you birthed? Yes. We That's lovely. Um, so yeah, tell me about that relationship. So you gave birth in March of 2019. So little bub is nearly one. Um, what is your relationship and how often do you see her and her dads now? I see them uh, probably, if you average it out, maybe about once a month. Um, initially, it was um, more frequent than that um, because I, I wasn't, I was on on leave from work and um, one of the intended dads was on leave so we were able to meet up more frequently um, and they live about an hour and 40 minutes from me so it's not just up the street and logistically it does take a little bit more effort to try and meet up at times but we we chat we send messages we phone call and um, yeah we try and catch up when we actually can so we're actually seeing them tomorrow which would be nice. That's lovely. Um, do you think there's any benefit in being that far away from intended parents or did that present you with any challenges when you were pregnant if they were a full hour and a half away? I think it presented potential challenges, but they didn't become a reality. So I guess if something happened and, you know, I needed to be um, 
you know, admitted to hospital at short notice or something like that, then obviously there's things like, um, you know, sorting out kids. If I can't be around to do that, then it would be nice if they could come and assist, but it's obviously that little bit further. Um, and then the one other concern was that I historically had fairly quick labours and having them present for the birth was uh, a non-negotiable, I guess, for me. Um, I really wanted them to be there for the birth. So if they were, if something happened and they couldn't get here in time, I was worried that they might miss it. But neither of those things occurred in the end anyway. So <laughs> it didn't matter. When you were thinking about being their surrogate, did you consider caring for somebody else or looking further afield or were you only focused on caring for them because the opportunity had presented itself? I think had they said no, we, that they weren't really ready to pursue surrogacy or that they had somebody else in mind, I probably wouldn't have sought out another couple to offer to, if that answers the question. I probably was focused on actually offering for them. Tell me a bit more about your egg donations. How many egg babies have you assisted to create? I have currently seven egg donor conceived children <laughs> out there, four different couples. Oh, lovely. And what's your relationship like with those couples and their, their children? Um, really good, all very different. Um, one couple lives interstate, so I don't get to physically see them all that much. But um, we maintain contact, um, you know, on Facebook and um, text message and phone calls and Skype. Um, and the others, one couple is quite close to me geographically, so I get to see them a bit more frequently, which is great. And the kids, um, they, their kids are six and five currently, um, and they absolutely adore my 12-year-old daughter. Um, so they get along quite well. Um, and yeah, the other two, um, again, are different and they're um, both in Sydney. So again, about an hour and a half to two hours away, but quite good relationships with all of them. What's next for you and your family then? Because we've had a different conversation tonight before we started recording. What's happening next? <laughs> next is potentially um, trying to create some more embryos for one of my previous intended dads through egg donation um, to try and allow them to have a sibling for the child they already have. That's lovely. And what are your concerns about that? My concern at this point is being an egg donor at age 41, which is probably setting some sort of record. <laughs> <laughs> so, and most people would know that when they talk to a fertility specialist, um, which would probably include your own intended father, is that they like donors to be under 35, ideally, and certainly under 40. But you've been the donor for this particular family yourself before. So there's a reason why they're asking you to go again. Um, how does it feel at 41 to be a donor? What are you worried about? Um, knowing that um, as women, you know, we don't create more eggs. Um, you have what you have and the quality of those eggs will decline as you age. Um, so, yeah, I guess my concern is 
where I've had previously fairly good outcomes from egg collections and embryos created from those, it might be quite different this time. It might not be, which would be great, but I have to set my own um, expectations in line with what the reality could be. So. Mm. Tell me about the, the relationship with your intended parents and their little girl. Are you thinking about going again as a surrogate for them? Is that part of the conversation? The conversation is definitely towards going again. So I would like to carry another baby for them and hopefully fairly soon if all our ducks are in a row. <laughs> That's amazing. Was there anything that you thought about that thought I will definitely try and have a sibling for them or no, not too sure? Or was there any point that your partner had his own doubts about that? Um, I think when we were planning for bub number one, there was always the potential that it might be for one or two. But I was never silly enough to commit to, yes, sure, I'll give you a second baby when I haven't even given you one. Um, and that might never happen. So um, it was always in the back of my mind, and so therefore my husband's, that, yeah, if everything went well and everyone was happy and we all came out the other side unscathed and still friends, then, yeah, we might actually do that. And I kind of feel after having given birth um, to the first baby that... Um, now it's a bit more, initially I wanted to provide them with a baby for them. And this time around, I feel like I want to provide a baby as a sibling for her rather than to create a family. It's now to complete a family. That's quite nice. Um, would you have thought about caring for a different set of intended parents um, or is it particularly, like you say, just uh, because you've already got the relationship with them and want to provide a sibling? It's simply for them. I, if they say, no, one's enough, we're good, I'd be quite happy to just retire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that would be that. I wouldn't pursue um, new intended parents. Mm. Um, going all the way back, what would you say is the most challenging part of the surrogacy that you went through? Mm. Probably just preparing yourself for the unknown because even though I'd had um, pretty good pregnancies, I'd had good labour and birth, you just don't quite know what this next pregnancy might bring. And, you know, you see and hear about people having pregnancy from hell after having had great pregnancies themselves. And you think, okay, I need to actually prepare myself for the fact that this might not be a great run and might not get the outcome we want. There might not be a baby at the end of it all. And just, yeah, mentally prepare for the fact that things might not go so well. And what was the best bit about the surrogacy? Definitely the point of handing that baby over to them. Even though I didn't physically do it, but I get, got to see them, see her for the first time. If you had any advice for either surrogates or intended parents or both when they're first thinking about surrogacy, what would your advice be? I think 
my advice is probably fairly general for both sides. Um, and I'd say if you're trying to match with someone, make sure you match with someone that you can be friends with. Because if the shit hits the fan, then you need to be able to sort it out. And if there's no baby at the end, it would be great if you could keep that friendship afterwards. But also, it's such an intense time during that pregnancy and in the lead up to the birth and postnatally in the fourth um, trimester that if you, if you can't keep that friendship going, it just makes it all that much harder. Mm. That's great advice. I think the only other thing I would say would be to just talk about everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, be honest. Sometimes it doesn't, it isn't nice to hear something, but it's also um, necessary at times. And that's whether you're the one saying them or hearing them. Um, And don't rush. That's perfect. Don't make decisions on a whim either. Thank you, Michelle. And good luck. Thank you for listening to the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about surrogacy, you can have a look at my website at sarahjefford.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram, and you can listen to more podcasts on the website or on Apple Podcasts.